Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 338 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined, as always, by front and center himself, Willie Saylor. There he is. From Easton, Pennsylvania. Rocking a Pennsylvania University shirt. To my we're, right. To we're my, Ivy today? We went Ivy. Uh, the Holly and the Ivy. I believe it's a, it's a classic Christmas song. To my right, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr., the wrestling nomad. To my left, Stephen Kyle Bradke. A lot of fake names on the show. Willie's n- name's not really Willie. It's William. I'm the only one that goes by his actual name. Nomad, Kyle. I just now realized that. Sometimes I just call you Chris. Chris. Sometimes he goes by Liam. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it moving already. We're already off the rails 42 seconds into the show. New world record. Okay. <laughs> So we had a, a pretty saucy weekend in wrestling, as is the norm. Many things happening. We had the Iron Man. Those were great. Willie was there on location for what seemed like a very good Iron Man. For me, Ryan Anderson, the talk of the town, um, the pride of the 610. And his, phys- uh, his, his physique, no. He's from Jersey. He's from Jersey? Yeah. But he, he wrestles it. But he has to live there now. Nah. Well, you didn't. You're not. You didn't really live in uh, the Eastern di- District, so. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. You went. You were Wilson. No. I lived in Easton when I went to Wilson. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> That's correct. Backwards. Okay, got it. So uh, I think we'll start. We can start with Iron Man safely, Willie. Uh, big takeaways. Big thoughts. Ryan Anderson um, giving giving hope to Dad Bod's. Uh, <laughs> World, all the world over, that you can have athletic. It is greatness. amazing. When, when is the last time? Listen. When is the last time we saw a middleweight, <laughs> uh, a non-heavyweight, with a physique like that? It was so funny. Kyle Bracky and I were, were talking about this, and I was Who's like, Le- uh, Liam. I was like, <laughs> Liam. 
I was like, we've never, we've never seen a, a middleweight like this before. And Bracky goes, and we never will again. <laughs> There's no way. Well, I mean, the kid is good. He's always been good. I remember the first time um, seeing him, I, I think, was at Beast of the East his freshman year. Or, or maybe Iron Man. I, I specifically remember watching him at Beast in the East, and I'm like, there's something here. There's something here with this kid. He fights hard. Um, and he's always been solid, not spectacular. Like, he doesn't put up a whole lot of points, but he grinds hard, and he wrestles through positions. And uh, he also eats, like, sheet cakes. Like, <laughs> full sheet cakes. <laughs> Wrestles uh, hard. Hey, man, he's a I think You know what I like about Anderson? Wrestles hard, great in position, eats entire sheet cakes. Willie, tell the <laughs> tell the Super 32 story. He, uh, like, took injury time, pounded Mountain Dew, and then finished the match, right? That was incredible. Yeah, I mean, words can't describe <laughs> the look on his face or my face when I saw what was happening. But, I mean, he was thinking about taking injury time. And this is, this is uh, a very relevant point, okay? So he has this look on his face as he goes out of bounds. He's winning a big match. It's like quarterfinals. And he has this look on his face as if he's going to take injury time. Now, his coaches and his corner, which half his high school team was there, it, like he starts holding his knee, and it, they all knew that he was like thinking about taking an injury time out. And he's sitting on his butt, and the whole corner is like, no, no, no. You're not, you don't, don't take injury time out. You get your butt up and you wrestle. And uh, the referee's like, do you want injury time? Do you want injury time? And Anderson's like, mm, I might, right? But one of his kids in his corner goes like this, like this, with uh -huh. a Mountain Dew. And Anderson's eye is <laughs> real big, like a kid on Christmas. And he reaches out, and he grabs it, and he puts it in his mouth, and he even squeezes it. So it goes <laughs> in his gullet faster. And he chugs it. He stands up. He slams it. He smacks his face. And he goes out, and he wins the match. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, How do we not I do a flow film on this kid, like, immediately? <laughs> the relevant point about that is... Um, he was he was out of shape at Super Thirty Two, um, and and he had I'm moved up. What, I'm scared of what out of shape Ryan Anderson looks like. Okay, you're right, but <laughs> he was he was up at 152. Classic Ryan Anderson story. You know, Super Thirty Two the year before he, he was always registered. registers like three weights below what he wrestles. Yeah, he was registered at 26. He. He went up to 138 and won the damn thing. <laughs> Who moves up two weight classes and still wins it? Super 32. Right. So. We'll never um, see this again. Right. You, you know, whenever you look at kids through the college prospect lens, it's like, man, I, I don't like kids that take injury timeouts and stuff like that. But for Anderson, it clearly was a case where that wasn't his character. He was just out of shape mm -hmm. because the night and day between taking a longer at Super Thirty Two and what he did in the Super Thirty or in the Ironman Finals couldn't be more night and day, right? Right. So I mean, here's so we got a, a, a FRL question about this guy, and I, I think it kind of segues to our next thing with with Ryan. Ryan Anderson carries around a little extra weight. Do you think it's possible to be successful? 
at the next level with his current physique? Very tough question because I would say it's not possible for him to have this level of success at this level, <laughs> at the high school level. So I have no idea what it means for the yeah, division one level. Yeah, we haven't seen it, We've right? Never, we have, I've never seen this. I've never seen uh, – I, I, I walked in – I walked in. Kevin Dresser was there, and he's like, he's like, "Hey, Willie, you're kind of built like Ryan Anderson." <laughs> I'm not sure who should be more upset. No, it's I'll Ryan take- Anderson. Ryan Anderson um, should be more upset. Yeah, right. And Anderson's fun with it, right? I tweeted, "Anderson might be the best 125 pound prospect in America," and he liked it. So, you know, he's the, like, maybe the, the kid's funny. Um, and I've always thought, you know. He gets in a college program and and he's um, you know he's sticking to a regiment and and coaches have him on a on a plan uh, and he's accountable. Um, he'll be good. He'll be fine. I I think he's a forty one. Um, clearly, he does wrestle with heart. Uh, he wrestles. I mean, he's clearly very strong. He moved Abbas all over the place. Abbas couldn't stay. Abbas wasn't trying to stall. It was kind of like a date and fix thing. Like you're just getting. Moved where you don't want to go because this guy's a, a force of nature. So yeah, I think, man, maybe he's a little bit of a gamble at the next level. But I'd be, I'd be certainly excited if if he was coming to my wrestling team. I think he's going to do really well if he loves wrestling. Um, I think he'll, I think we'll get it together. I was, <laughs> I texted a, another, uh, not another. That makes it sound like I'm a D1 coach. I texted a D1 coach. I'm like, explain Ryan Anderson to me, and he just goes, no one can. That's all he said back. No one can. What did, what does Dresser think about him? Like what right, did, awesome. did, did, I know, but did he talk about like what weight he sees him at or anything like that? I'm pretty sure he said forty one and he said, you know yep. he, he said we'll get him. when he gets when he gets in shape, when he gets, you know, on a schedule, he'll be good. And then that's what I've always thought, uh personally about him. What if he's like Chuck Liddell can just not get, just always have a little, little, little something, something, something. Yeah. At least Chuck Liddell was big. Like he's like two hundred pound guy. Yeah, yeah. And like, but he still always had a little, little, little something. Yeah. Last year he wrestled Abbas in Super Thirty Two Finals, and it went into rideout. It was three two, also a tiebreaker. And this time he beat him up and down the mat. He worked him. Like so, he's clearly still getting better too. Yeah. Which yeah. That was a good weight. Really like that way. I didn't think he was gonna win just because I'm like, come on, man. Andonian was in there. Andonian, really good way. Andonian lost mm-hmm. to Abbas again. Um, who? Do you, who? Anderson had someone good in the semis. Abbas. I don't know if it's or Anderson had someone good in the semis. Who was Anderson it? had uh, Benjels, I think. Young. <laughs> he had young but large uh, Travis Mastro. Mm-hmm. Young but large, of course. Mastro's going down to 38. By the way, told you. So they're just squeezing <laughs> all the seniors out of their lineup, huh? Well, um, Madera's hurt. Oh, I didn't know Madera got hurt. Yeah, I knew that too. So who's going to be there at 45? They don't know yet. Bring Willie Kaiser back. Okay. Maybe in Contreras. Okay. So any any other Iron Man thoughts before we, we move on to other topics? I'm interested um, in your thoughts on Birchmeyer. Did you see Birchmeyer? No. You can probably see him from where you're at right now, like physically, <laughs> because he's about six four. I, listen, I was calling the quarterfinals, and 
Birchmeyer had already wrestled his quarterfinal and came over to like scout the guy, mm-hmm. the matchup that he was going to have in the semis. And I had never really seen Birchmeyer before, but he has his straps pulled down. He's on the side of the thing. And I'm like, no, he can't. He's not allowed to wrestle in high school. <laughs> he, is, he is a specimen, dude. He's a hoss. But, you know, he lost, he lost 6-0 to Colton Schultz. Um, <clears throat> probably should have had a takedown in the first period. Scoreless first period. Lost to Schultz 6-0. Didn't give up a takedown. Um, it was... Uh, work from top and uh, Schultz is really good on top. Yeah. So Pretty underrated. Uh, I just, I, I think he's probably sort of a raw pros- prospect. Um, broad run, Virginia Christian. Is that a, that a, in the middle of nowhere? No, I don't think so. I think it's, um, I'll just look it up right now. Loudoun County. Oh yeah. Northern Virginia. So but any, anyway, I, I don't think he's had the high level training for a long time that other people have had. And I just think he's an interesting, he's another interesting cog in the wrestlers at heavyweight that came out this year and last year. I mean, the heavyweight crop coming is going to be, going to be pretty deep full of talent. Yeah. Exciting times for heavyweights. Yeah. I'm looking at this kid now. He is, uh, he's sizable. Okay. (laughs) I I liked, I mean, this Van Ness guy, I mean, speaking of things you don't really see, Goes from backup, then wins. How much was he on your radar coming into Super 32 even? Like maybe you knew he was a good backup, but what else did you know? Uh, This is what I knew. I knew that he was like on the junior high big board, had a good junior high career. Um, But obviously didn't make the starting lineup. I had coaches that he went to camps, college D1 college coaches, say – yeah, Van Ness is good. I had him tell me that before Super 32, before he did anything. Um, so I knew there was probably something there, but it's hard. I mean, he didn't wrestle last year, really. So, I mean, also consider this, Christian. He lost his wrestle-off to Kolioko. Mm. So he would be down, you think? He would be at 26. He wrestled Kolioko off for 26. They went 2-1. Oh, Kolioko. I think Van Ness won the first one. First or second, obviously. Because math. Yeah, because math. All right. So that was that. Um, Liam. What does Liam think about it? What, what What were your thoughts? I know you love Iron Man. He screwed that up. Yeah, Liam is Willie. Yes. You are Liam. Liam is me? <laughs> yes. Liam is the name that is short for William. Oh. Kyle, what do you think? <laughs> what I think of Iron Man? I mean, one, one, one thing. Give me one thing that you were like, ah, that's cool. He's good. Uh, I w- the biggest takeaway I had was Anderson. I did not expect him to dominate Abbas like that. Uh, I've never seen – like, we saw Abbas get beat by O'Toole, but it was in a completely different manner. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do anything. Uh, that was my biggest takeaway, honestly. What did, you th- what did you guys think either of that match or – Overall, the stuff that you saw, the other matches you saw, Iron Man, on the stall, the way stall calls were called. Well, I thought there it was great. I, I like that. I'm, I'm always going to skew. Now I'm going to complain about some stall calls at the uh, from Bedlam, and we'll get to that. But I, I like uh, the stalls were coming early. 
That's what I like. Get them coming well, early. And and I thought they were pretty consistent. The guy's not staying on the mat and wrestle. And especially at Ironman where, like, the boundary is such a thing and they're so the mats are so small. I think you – in order to keep action happening, you need almost like a little more skew towards stalling calls in, in that environment. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the, the stall calls in the finals. They were much more – they were liberal. They were con- and you know what? They were consistent. Um, the they were consistent by individual ref. Like an individual ref would call it this way, and he would keep calling it this way. Now the next match, you'd have a new set of refs, and they might call it a little different. But they called it consistent, and they called it liberally, and they called it often. Um, and Kevin Linick, who was the the official in that match. Uh, He's one of the best, and that's why they gave him the last match of the night. So. He was at CKLV. Um, he does college he's, stuff. He's good. Could use him in the Olympics in 2016, too. <laughs> All right. Um, so why don't we go – I don't. Bedlam's on my mind. I'd like to talk about it uh, a little talk bit. Talk about Bedlam. I'm not sure. It, it was on ESPN+, Plus, so I'm not sure if everyone was able to watch it, but I was. And – had a couple thoughts. One, let's start with the the match we knew was going to be awesome and was awesome. Dom Demas versus Cade Brock. You just know there's going to be some craziness here, right? And sure enough, right away, Dom Demas goes for like an inside trip and then ends up stepping. I wouldn't even call it an outside trip. I don't even know what you would call it. Someone better, maybe Mike now would have. But he steps on to the other foot and throws him to his back right away. Then they have another upper body exchange that Demas wins. And then Brock's kind of coming back, and he gives up a penalty point because he double-legged him after the buzzer. And then Cade hits an inside trip to tie it, and then Demas gets away at the last second. Very exciting, exciting match. I don't know who if you were able to watch it yet, Willie, but it, w- it was an awesome match. And w- a couple of things that stood out to me was – Demas did a great job in the hand fight of preventing Cade from getting to his stuff. He wasn't able to – he was getting to elbows, but he wasn't able to convert much. He wasn't able to get to legs from it, and there really wasn't a second pitch coming from Cade Brock at that point. So that was pretty telling, but I, I still think that, you know, moving forward, next next crack, kind of like Montori Bridges type of situation, even though a very different match, you, you kind of favor Cade moving forward. But in this one, Demas had a good plan. He executed. I thought he looked – Really, really good. And Dom Demas, kind of the one, and what kind of leads me to another topic I want to get into, maybe not just yet, is just like kind of the one bright, shining thing for Oklahoma right now who's really coming on, uh, having a pretty tough, tough time still with, with Coach Roselli. But maybe back to Brock Demas before we get into that. Um, yeah, Demas has a whole arsenal of skills. At some point, though, you know, my, my nephew wrestles, and he, he he sometimes goes leg attacks, and sometimes he goes upper body. And, like, part of me thinks that part of what I notice is, like, I don't know if he knows his identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if he knows what he is. And I never thought about Cade Brock that way, but because he's he's been successful and doing all kinds of things, but... At some point, do you stop going upper body? I mean, it's, it gets him in the hot water a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I think if, if I had to say, hey, what's Cade Brock's I- identity? It's elbow control leg attacks. It's el- yeah. That's his identity. Um, but he's he's not been 
he is so much faster and slicker than these guys, but he just doesn't create enough flurries um, to, to put himself in, in position to score enough. And, yeah, you might be right. It may be um, – th- but it's – you know, the guy pinned Cody Brewer in his first match ever, I, an I inside know. trip. It's I like know. how do you – Well, in this match, I felt like it was Demas forcing Cade to go upper body. He yes. was the one forcing the action there. So Very it wasn't true. like Cade was going out and trying to get in those positions. It was yeah, just kind of um, like, this guy's putting me here, and he just reverts back to what he knows. Right. Yeah, very or true. You at. know what? Tying in tying in that with one last thing from the Ironman, like, Demas is always, like, Reese Whitcraft, he just got the underhooks whenever he wanted to. Yes. Right? And that's kind of how Demas, Demas just puts you there. Right, and then, you know, Demas a great Greco wrestler. the The ability to control where the match is taking place is something that you see with some Greco guys. I remember when crazy the crazy Peter Nagy went over Mark Hall and freestyles. Like, how does this happen? Well, yeah. insanely good Greco guy, good hand fighter, just controlled where the match was, and Mark just couldn't get it going. But you would never kind of long term pick Mark Hall to lose to Peter Nagy. But that time, it really mattered, and. Um, it's up to Cade to make the adjustments, and I think he will. But I want to talk about I, – I alluded to the stall calls and, and one that – or two, I guess I could say, that kind of distressed me. So Cade and Dom had a pretty good match for the most – there was a decent amount of action, et cetera. 44 seconds left. Um, Brock's coming. Cade is coming for it. He's down by three. And – they hit him with stalling with 44 seconds. And they stay tied up. They keep wrestling. Cade is certainly being more aggressive. And then at 25 seconds, in just 20 seconds, they give him that stall point. And I thought, man, these guys have been doing this for, for six minutes and change. And now we're going to have the stall call. I, I just think the situational stuff, I can't stand it. Because that that kind of action happens. I watched Nick Suriano chase John Ernesty for three minutes straight. No stall warnings the entire time. But because the match is late and you know one guy has to score and you know the other guy doesn't have to, then it's like we're just throwing our fists up all the time. And I didn't like that. I would have liked it if we had seen it a little earlier. But I thought two calls in 20 seconds after all the action that happened and how much I see ignored in the first period were... Mm -hmm. Even after a takedown, when a guy's just laying there on bottom, how much do you let guys get away with it? And then now, just because situationally a guy's trailing and needs to score, you're going to put him within a takedown. I didn't I didn't like that at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like situational calls. I don't like, you know, overtime ride out, the guy drops down to a leg and kicks and kicks and kicks. And the first one's always a stalemate. <laughs> Okay, yeah. if that, if that wasn't overtime rideouts, it wouldn't have been a stalemate. Right. Um. So I don't like it either. Yep. So that I didn't like that, and but also Cade gave a point away when when he double legged Dom after the buzzer. So a lot of things can really shift this match. You know, if he doesn't have that, it goes into overtime. Kind of a senseless point to give away. So. Excited, we'll see that one at Big 12s. Potentially, I'm trying to think about the 141 landscape at Big 12s. Josh Albert will be in the mix. There'll there'll be some guys that stand in their way, but um, Ian Parker. Yep, Ian Parker. Who's uh, uh, Matt, Matt Finley. Finley? Sam Turner. Oh wow, it's pretty good weight. Nice yeah. weight, nice weight. So if they hit again, you know they'll have had to run somewhat of a, a a gauntlet to get there. That was exciting. But now, 
More bedlam thoughts. It was forty-one to two. Two. Um, they, they. It was a safety decision there for uh, Dom Demas. Only really Oklahoma wins by that amount. Right. So, man, I don't know what to say other than Oklahoma just did, did not look good there in a lot of matches. They were getting pinned. They were. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, w- I was disappointed. In I don't want to say the effort, but it just didn't seem they just weren't competitive in a lot of the matches. Whereas you know you watch a team like I don't know like Wyoming, which I would say Wyoming has like probably comparable talent to Oklahoma. Um, maybe they have a little more. Certainly they're, they're wrestling better right now. But there was just there was just a lot more grit in that match from from Wyoming from two teams that I think should be kind of on a similar wavelength. I thought there's just really different levels of um, competition against the Cowboys. Now I'm just con- I'm comparing two duels, and you know maybe Oklahoma State was just not wrestling as well against Wyoming, but I just think there's something there um, with Wyoming and some of these other teams that wasn't there w- with Oklahoma. And I can't put my finger on it, but I just thought at this point we start seeing signs with Oklahoma. And I mean it's it's fight, right? Like yeah, you're just not seeing like. I don't know. They just don't go out there and wrestle that hard. Yeah. Honestly, like you see in Wyoming, they're going to wrestle you hard and in your face for seven minutes and just don't see it. He, like Bono and Branch are probably the two coaches we come back to a lot with just regardless of what the talent level that they have out there, their guys, you know, scrap, right? They, they yeah. do all the like the cliche stuff that um, we love about wrestling. That is not been the case this year in Oklahoma. Now, not having Christian Moody didn't help. Um, he wouldn't probably wouldn't have beaten pitch anyway. That might have helped the score a little bit. Um, but otherwise they were – Yeah, that's right. They didn't have Woodley. Um, but still, like – and even at CKLV, right? I mean, they finished in 22nd place. That's crazy. With just one place. I mean, behind Clarion. Right, just one placer, which was Demas. Um, I don't think anybody won more than a couple matches. And, and you know, Woodley wrestled there. I, I'm – I'm surprised, and, you know, I, I don't know what the ingredient is. I don't know if it's just like, man, it takes it takes more time. But I, I just expected, if nothing else, think about when Coach Erslin took over at Purdue. It was like immediately people were like, this team is immediately competing, immediately wrestling hard. They weren't very good then, um, and they're still on their way up. But it was just an immediate recognition like, okay, Coach Ursland's done something here. The culture is shifting, and these guys are wrestling hard. If nothing else, they're losing, sure, but the, but they're competing. I, I just don't, you know, that hasn't yet manifested itself in in Oklahoma. By that same token, um, so you know, one of the articles ran this morning was which college won Ironman, and they had two guys just win Ironman. So which guys? Which uh, Sam Dover mm-hmm. at one fifty two and Darian Roberts at one eighty two. So, theoretically, like, there's still reinforcements coming in, and they're still trying to bring guys in. Um, so, I don't, I, I don't know what the length of time is where you, you know, you kind of decide this is just are what they are, but they're continuing to recruit pretty well. So. Is it really hard to win at Oklahoma, strangely? I mean, I don't understand. Is, all, the compla- all the complaints about Coach Spates back in the day – no one's been – I mean, Mark Cody was not close to Coach Space's level. Coach, they were having, you know, top 10 teams, et cetera. Cody did have the one year where they had the how 
Um, Travis Rutt transfers on top of the other guys they already had. But th- and those were Spates' as wrestlers, as I, I recall. I, I don't get it, man. It makes no sense. I, it's like it's like they're a Bermuda Triangle or something. Like something weird happens in the Sooner wrestling room. Because when Mark, Mark Cody won like coach of the year, right? Mark Cody did so much with so little at American. And everybody was like, oh, if he... If he gets a job at a big-time program, that's going to be great. Well, his tenure there, frankly, was a disaster. Um, and I don't know why, because by all accounts, he's a really good coach. Yeah. Um, Lou Rizzelli comes, you know, Lou Rizzelli was on the short list of every freaking job opening that there was. By all accounts, is one of the best technician or technical coaches yeah. in the country. And he goes there, and you just haven't seen results. It's just, uh, to me... I. I don't know what to say because I think it's bizarre. I think I find it really strange, and and you know Roselli's not just like one of the best college coaches. He's a world class coach. I mean, you look at what he's done, what he did at the Ohio RTC, like world class, one of the best places to train in the world. It still it still is, and, and that was that was his impact. And and you know, Coach Ryan was always very candid about how important he was to that program. And yeah, like you mentioned, Willie, he was. You know, he was on the short list for everything and waited for his opportunity. He got a great one at Oklahoma. He thought, slam dunk, here, great program, great coach. You merge the two. But there's something missing, at least at this point. I think being – you laugh about this a lot. But, like, being number two in your state by a wide margin, I think that really, really hurts them. Like, we talked about this uh, ad nauseum when – before we knew that plot was going to Oklahoma State, like, wow, could Oklahoma get a guy from the state of Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Like, not a not you know the third or fourth best guy, like the the top guy in the state of Oklahoma right now. <laughs> and they obviously didn't, but like that was a real conversation, and it's just been fifteen, twenty years of that. And so, not being able to get any kids in your own state hurts, like having to go nationally yeah, and then I, there's there's clearly something like athletic department wise that or maybe not but it no. seems that there's some athletic Oklahoma department wise that is missing. better than Oklahoma State and basically I, every other sport I understand that but that doesn't mean there's they're like helping wrestling in any way you see their facilities they their facilities are incredible they yeah. they've got they have what they need to you could argue their wrestling room is nicer in Oklahoma State I don't even know if you could yeah. argue Anything other than that's yeah. a that's a fact. They have better facilities. John Smith got his fiftieth bedlam win yesterday. His what fiftieth win <laughs> against Oklahoma? Now they used to wrestle twice a year, right? Stop. So that helps. But he's like fifty six and one against uh, like fifty six losses oh, in one. Got it. I was like against. Wait. Yeah, no, sorry. They wrestled six times no, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness, fifty six. That and one. is amazing. Six losses in like. That's that's incredible because like John's Oklahoma, been like twenty six years. Oklahoma had some teams back in the day, so for him to, yeah, there's a little brother thing going on there. But I wonder this too. Oklahoma, somewhat of an insular state. Do you need an Oklahoma person in that job? Mark Cody's is Mark Cody from Oklahoma? I almost said he wasn't. He I don't went know. there. I think maybe he went. Yeah. But well, maybe is that a part of it too? How about the all-time Bedlam series in wrestling? 141, 27, and 10. Wow. Well, I, here's the thing about the Oklahoma thing. I mean, Nomad's right that they don't – I mean, the Cowboys rule the state in terms of um, 
inside the state border perception and and fidelity, like among the the high schoolers and the high school coaches and stuff, um, they get all the talent, right? They get all the Oklahoma talent. But you know, when you bring in Mantonona, when you bring in Woodley and Boyd, Woodley's a PA guy, obviously Boyd from Missouri. That shouldn't affect them, right? They don't. They don't really care. Yeah. Um, they're still recruiting well. Right. I mean, I, Iowa State and you and I have, are not like completely hamstrung by not being number one in the state. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it's that. I think it matters. That it certainly matters that they're not getting even the number two Oklahoma guys. That hurts. But um, I think it's maybe that is one component of an overall you know, pie graph of problems there that I don't know what they are, but all I know is there's signals that this isn't, this isn't going great as of yet. And I don't know why. Um, an, another note, just something, you know, look through these box scores that I find interesting. Um, Central Michigan, who lost Brent Fleetwood, Mason Smith, Justin Oliver, anyone else leave? I mean, they, uh, Brucky graduated. I know that's. I mean, that was a good guy. Collingwood graduated. Yeah, and uh, Heffernan. So, so they yeah, lose Heffernan. the three of their best wrestlers transfer, and they kick Maryland's teeth in. I don't think Central Michigan. I think Stencil was their only placer at CKLV too. That sounds yeah. right. So I, I, man, you want to talk about? I, I mean, another team that I. You would think be showing some signs at some point, and maybe it's just time for for something else there. But man, Maryland, how do you lose your three best guys? Your Central Michigan, you're not that great of a team this year, and they went twenty six to nine over Maryland. I mean, that is, I don't know what else there is to say other than holy cow. I, I saw Mike uh, Riordan tweeted about this, um, and that's kind of like what drew my attention to it. And yeah, what can you say other than wow, twenty six to nine, and you lost your three best guys? We haven't. Seen Hamida wrestle this year. I know that wouldn't have impacted the duel right. at that point. We would have, yeah, would have shifted it slightly. But yeah, I don't know. Notable. I was thinking about it's. It's so. It's so tough. The tightrope of candor we have to walk here. It is. You have no idea the sensitivities of the programs of the people of the feedback we get. It would blow your minds. Just blow your mind. Okay, so if the Green Bay Packers start a five and three instead of eight and zero, oh, they start questioning Mike McCarthy's job security. Uh, you, I mean, in wrestling, in wrestling, you could be wholly irrelevant. You could get, you could lose duels. You could lose forty straight duel meets, or four, let's say forty straight conference duel meets. And if we were to suggest or hint, or postulate if someone's job was safe, we'd get emails and phone calls. Yeah, so, and, and you know, so, someone at CKLV was like, hey, who's on the hot seat? Y'all need to do an article, who's on the hot seat? I was like, okay, yeah, easy for you to say, coach, because um, your team's doing all right right now. Um, <laughs> My seat's so, feeling cold right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, so I was thinking, how, how can we uh, brand this so we can talk about teams that are not doing well? Why don't we just say they're teams that make us sad? Because it would be better in wrestling if all the teams were good, right? The more If Oklahoma was really good at wrestling, that would be awesome for wrestling. 
if Maryland was a, a, a Big Ten power like they, they could be, or they could be, you know, a top five Big Ten team potentially, that would be good for wrestling. So maybe we'll just brand it teams that make us sad, and we'll just leave it at that. We're just sad that Oklahoma and Maryland are not better, and you can infer from that what you want, but they, they just make me sad. I yeah. wish they were better. My- Who else? Is there any other teams that make you sad? Um, those were the – you know what? There's only – I don't want to. It's Monday. I don't want to spread, but so much sadness. Well, there there a lot of sadness. We already hit on like the two main ones. I feel like for sadness. Oklahoma how how good did o- Oregon State do at Cliff King? Um, as a team, they probably beat Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, as a team, they finished nineteenth. Yeah. With. They're gonna get a nice bump. Two with places with Desi coming back. Yeah. That's yeah. gonna that's gonna inflate them tournament. tournament but still, wise. you're right, Willie. You're you're right because Desi's gone next year. Is Bresser gone? Because yeah. Bresser's gone next year. It's basically just the Willets at that point. From how many Willets are there? There's two. Okay. There's two Willets. <laughs> I like the one. At, about, I like uh, the one at 157. It's also team point deduction season. Ooh. We had four teams lose a point yesterday. Nice. nice. All right. Name, four. Name, name names. I know the Oklahoma. Jake Boyd. Jake Lost? Boyd tried to fight Derek I don't know White. why he was so upset. Um, I mean, I know why he's upset that he, you know, he lost, he got pinned. Derek White slaps the mat after he pins him. And Jake Boyd was looking for for someone to get in. He's like, looking for some trouble. He's looking for trouble. He better not wrestle Gable. He don't want to find it. He don't want to find it in the, the Derek White form because no. that guy is way too big. Yep. Um, so Oklahoma kind of shoved deducted. the ref too. Oh yeah, that was bad. That's bad he visual. He was deducted a team point for unsportsmanlike conduct. Mm. Um, Ohio State was deducted a team point for control of Matt. Uh, Indiana deducted a team point for unsportsmanlike conduct. Indiana and Air Force was deducted a team point for bench misconduct. Coach Barber, hold on, I don't uh, believe it. I need I need more information. That was probably Bart Horton. Angel is like the most. I don't know. Well, we have like, the call on our site. We need to go back and watch the yeah. whole thing. But um, yeah. Did Jaggers throw a well, Yeezy it, on the mat or something? Indiana. How did they lose? <laughs> it says oh. Indiana was deducted for unsportsmanlike conduct, so that could be a wrestler. Okay. Yeah, that probably oh, wasn't. I just, like, I just can't that probably in my wasn't, head Yeah, that probably wasn't Angel. Angel, like... like and you you know it was Tom Ryan that got that control of match. Of course. You know it was not Jaggers. He was, he was probably protesting blood time again. Very few coaches get as fired up as Coach Ryan. Mm. Indeed. Okay. Let's go to, let's say, Iowa-Lehigh. Talk about this a little bit. Most of the Hawks were back. Spencer Lee comes out, tech smash uh, immediately. Spencer Lee we're used to. That's back to our regularly scheduled programming. Of course, Spencer not been able to face anyone of note this year other than uh, glory. glory, glory, hallelujah, who will be at Midlands, as will Sebastian Rivera. Glories look great. Um, can, can we talk about Sebastian Rivera real quick before we get it? Because you know they, they tie in. I'll allow it. Okay. He did not <laughs> wrestle against – who did they wrestle this weekend? Uh, Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. Although Old Dominion just kicked the crap out of Northwestern. They annihilated them. Now, I know Northwestern, they didn't have like three guys. They didn't have Rivera. They didn't have Johnny Sebastian. And there was somebody else. But, yeah, that was weird. That's a sm- They got destroyed, though. Even if those three guys – yeah, had pins. I don't know if they would have won. So who was the third one? Sebastian. We're, we're, Sebastian and who? It. Um, is Brand Colin Is Brendan Devine their usual eighty-four pounder? I don't think so. Oh. 
college show, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so so we didn't see Rivera against North Dakota State, and we didn't see him against uh, we didn't see him this weekend against Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. He might have missed another duel too. Now, obviously, he was at CKLV, but he talked. I mean, he talked about it in his interview, right? Like he was hurt this this off season, at, mm-hmm. at least as recently as three weeks before the the North Dakota State duel, where he has knee scoped. They also know that, uh, like, basically all that matters is beating Spencer Lee at this point. Like, Sebastian's clear number two in the country, right? That's a little presumptuous. Yeah, that is presumptuous. Well, for that, if he's, for, if he's on their schedule, fo- if he is only focused on Spencer Lee, it's gonna be problematic. Look, there on, are, there on are their schedule, he's, he's not gonna right. hit pitch, right? He's not gonna hit a, a, a bunch of other. Like, he's not gonna hit Glory. Well, maybe at Midlands, but. For them, I mean, like if, on their schedule, they they hit Spencer three times, right? So he's like the number one thing. So I think we're gonna. I, I don't know. I'd like to know more, but I feel like we're gonna see Rivera on a pitch count um, this year to try and keep some stress off that knee and to to prepare him for Spencer. I don't know. I mean, I'm not good. That's that's a, that's not a bad um, speculation. It's not a bad job by you reading the tea leaves. But at the same time, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna assume that is what's going on. Um, I'm not gonna put those words in his mouth, in their mouths. But if that is what's going on, I, I mean, the second part of it, okay. The first part where he's he's only looking at Spencer and it's the only thing he has to worry about. I mean, if that is the case, I call, I call foul there because. <laughs> If you if you think like wrestling the old Dominion one twenty five or wrestling the Fleetwood is sort of beneath you, then 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 yeah. that is part of the whole ducking, dodging starters sitting out crap that I don't like. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's about being beneath him. I think it's about saving a way in and saving. A, a yeah, I get it. Match. But the, what you started out with was the only thing that matters is beating Spencer. Yeah. Right, so keeping him so not wrestling six or seven duels to keep your body healthier to not have to go man, through that way. Man, I just I don't understand, man. I don't like the idea that we're, that is so often gets thrown around that every every weigh in and every competition is correlates to injury or correlates yeah. to. It's like, man, every it we're making it sound like every single competition. Like the the games themselves are this great element of danger. It's the <laughs> literal sport. It is Listen, the thing you do. It is wrestling. You wrestle matches. Here's what I don't. Here's what I don't get about the whole thing, right? And I, yep, I shot my mouth off again, and I said the ducking, the dodging, the the sitting your guys out is killing the sport, right? There are, and I'm not that. By the way, I know that came at the time when Stoll didn't wrestle, but that is not. That was not specifically about Iowa, and not specifically about Sam Stoll. It is about the collective. I'm watching a weekend of wrestling, and this guy didn't wrestle, and that guy didn't wrestle, and this guy didn't wrestle, and oh my god, I, these were the these were the three matches I wanted to see this weekend, and two of them didn't happen. Um, you know. The NFL has uh, th- these rules to keep quarterbacks in the game, right? Because nobody wants to see 13-10 defensive battles, and nobody wants to see third-string quarterback play. Like Alex Smith. 
and, and yeah, well, he was Mark a starter. That's what people don't want to see is Mark Sanchez. Nobody wants to see Mark Sanchez, right? So, and why did they do that? Why is it so incredibly important for the NFL to keep their stars and to keep their top players and to have their level of play consistent, um, consistently high? Because nobody wants to watch that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's. I don't want to watch Aaron Costello, and I don't want to watch. Um, I don't know Jeremiah whoever pick, one of the six spot starters for Lehigh. It, it's okay once in a while. It's okay, uh, you know. I'm not poo pooing Aaron Costello, but what I'm saying is when I think that I'm going to get Bo Jordan, Mark Hall, and then Bo Jordan doesn't weigh in. And when that when that happens every weekend, over and over and over again, it's very frustrating. Yeah, highly frustrating. And and just, I think what Nomad was alluding to is the prevailing mentality. Not prevailing. That makes it sound like the mo- majority of guys don't. But like it's creeping in that it is increasingly getting that way. Yeah. Like man, I can't wrestle because if something happens. I mean, then you can't practice. Then you can't – what can you do? I, I just don't – is wrestling that much more dangerous than it was 10 years ago? I don't think it's more dangerous. I just think people are <clears> – <throat> I think people are much more cognizant of their bodies and maybe, I don't know, for better or worse, like – what? okay, not to – we always have to do this. Everything comes back to Penn State. Penn State wrestles all of their guys for a reason. And it's something to do with recovery or practice or something that simply other teams are not doing, right? Like, their their guys, or they just wrestle through injuries, like, and we don't know it. But their guys are always out there. And I think other programs are trying to figure out how to get there so that their guys don't have to miss. Because I started this on Sebastian Rivera, so I'll use him again. I don't think... Storniolo or anyone in the Northwestern coaching staff doesn't want anything but Sebastian Rivera out there all the time at 100%. But if he's not at 100%, they're they're trying to do the mental calculation of what is this match worth to us right now on December 8th, December 9th, whatever That's the problem. That's the problem. Because the answer is always, always, always going to be to sit. If you ask that question... Are you, as you're balancing wrestling a duel against Old Dominion versus long-term Big Ten's NCAAs, the answer is always going to be sit your guy. And that's yeah. just not – that can't be a reality for a sport that you want to see grow. Listen, you, you – when you go to – you go an hour and a half practice, maybe practice a couple times a day. Anyway, your, your practices are more intense and – not intense. They're more grueling and – there's more opportunity for an injury there Certainly than there is in the seven minutes in your match. Yeah. And number one. And number two, if that's gonna be if that's gonna be the thing, if it's well, Sebastian Rivera, and again, I'm not I'm I'm not I don't wanna call anybody out. I don't wanna point fingers. Yeah, that's just I just wanna say with. I just wanna say there's there's a big problem going on. Um and everybody everybody will have their well, you don't know he's dealing with this. Well, you don't know you, this guy's dealing with this. Yeah, I know y'all have your reasons, but collectively, the sport is hurting for it, and co- and, and it's trending in the wrong direction. We're seeing more people sit out. 
Yeah. I don't know how Sebastian Rivera and the coaching staff can make the decision that he is cool enough to wrestle at a grueling Cliff Keen tournament, but not, but not wrestle a duel against Old Dominion. Um, and for this is again speculation, but if he's, if you're saying pitch count and keep him relatively fresh, I don't buy that. If if if, if it's such a fragile situation in yeah. which you're going to have to be on a pitch count throughout the year, and I'm again, I'm, this is not Storniello's words, this is yours, or your theory. If it's so fragile that you have to have him on a pitch count, then sit out till January. Yeah, don't be in and out. Yeah. So I again, know. not to not to to Willie's point, not to pick on him. Just he was the one that came to yeah, mind yeah, this weekend. So, um, got got to name some names every now and again. But yeah, it's 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 kind of annoying. Okay, and let's be let I, see. We said it last year. It was it is symptomatic. The, the, the problem is the problem is that all these coaches are coached for March, and so. They are increasingly holding their guys out in some sort of precaution to be better down the road. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I mean, I don't know how – there's no way to incentivize it. That's the question, right? right? How do you incentivize in, – Unless you can intri- – unless you understand the value of a good product week in and week out for your fans and the fans of the team that you're wrestling – Unless you put a really high value on that, which they don't, they they value that they're fine when that aligns with their prerogative, then it's fine, right? But they're they're never gonna say, well, for the sake of the product or the sake of this, and maybe they shouldn't, right? But that's like the only thing they could really consider, and that doesn't really map to their bottom line. So for that reason, well, you laughed about me at Vegas for this, but that's why I'm. Well, that's why I want season tickets to become a thing because now there is uh, an economic impact that could happen if they if people hold guys out. If fans know that there's seven if home duels and I'm only going to see huh? If fans buy their ticket early, their season tickets before the season starts, and then they hold their starters out, they already got them. <laughs> they're yes, not, they're not going to renew. But yeah, but I'm talking, I'm talking about next year, right? Like. If you know there's seven home duels and I'm only going to see the full ten one time, you're you're not going to get the same return. Like the people aren't going to renew. So that's a, that's part of why I want season tickets to be a thing, so that it does incentivize them literally economically to go to get our best product on the mat um, and keep our fans happy. We gotta make these we gotta make these changes. All right, season ticket corner with wrestling nomad. Uh, I think it'll be. I don't know why you guys like you're stupid. Like it's it, it could be really important. Like I really think because here's the thing, the, the teams are gonna figure like the the eighty teams are gonna figure themselves out, right? The coaches like somebody's gonna be good, somebody's gonna be bad. They're gonna figure that out. But to have it so that every team is doing like little things on on social media and, and having season tickets and like putting like filling up the stands, that's what actually matters. That's that's what actually matters. Yeah, no we know no. But I don't. Why are you? Why are you like poo-pooing it? It was just funny at Vegas because you asked every single coach about it. Because it's important. At CKLV. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm. I'm not just asking about CKLV. I'm asking a variety of things. At CKLV, Nomad was going up to all the coaches saying, "How are season ticket sales?" (laughs) Not exactly, but yes. 
God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Talk. Hey, speaking of guys who are not sitting out, Weigel's back. McFadden's back. Welcome back. And Billy, Billy Miller. Billy Miller. Back. Uh, so that's good. Um, glad they're they're all back. Weigel, I guess he had a knee injury. He had a thing on his knee, so that's why I'm guessing he was out. We, he wrestled at the OCU Open early November, then we didn't see him since. Yeah. So, um, But no, glad he's back. He's essential for, for Oklahoma State if they want to um, – they want to make a run at at a trophy and challenging Penn State. They need they need Weigel. And I want to talk about this Oklahoma State starting lineup. What is it going to be? And I think Caden hmm. uh, Gefeller is in a really interesting spot right now because we're seeing Cade Brock. He's not looking his best right now. Right? He lost to Mitch McKee. He lost to Dom Demas. Caden Gefeller is looking really good at 149, but. They need him at 149 because Boo is still out. So right now we're entering the Reno scuffle portion. There's rumors that Oklahoma State may send starters to Reno, right? So Caden could have some opportunities to compete for his optimal weight or what he feels is optimal weight, 141. But he probably won't because he's got to be going 49 until Boo's out, theoretically, right? So it's a weird thing where he's their best 149 right now. But how, he can't really contend or be compared yeah. to Cade Brock right now because he's at 49 and he can't go down because then they would stink at 49. Christian, what? Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of questions here. One, mm-hmm. did you just spit? What happened there? It's called a sneeze. <laughs> oh, bless you. Thank uh, you. Um, one, man, what could happen there? Could he go down to 41? Could he theoretically beat Cade out? At 41, you made a comment to me yesterday, Cade's two for two at NCAAs, which is true. Um, how long's Boo, Boo out? When's he coming back? Here's my question. What What is the impact? How does it work for seeding? If, if G ends, ended up being 149 for the postseason, would he get any credit for wins that he had at 41 or vice versa? No. 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 Right? It's like Just how you did against that field you're being compared against. So yep. right now, every match at 149, if he's going to ultimately end up at 41, which we don't know, it's not helping him. The fact that he's undefeated and looks really good and just handled. The, you know, he was pushing for a major there against Davion, and it, the, the score looked closer than it was. He was all over that dude. And that's a guy, I mean, not to bring it back to Oklahoma, but, man, Davion Jeffries was a dude coming out, right? He had a solid true freshman year. And which way is he gone? And I think he's good. But Boo, Boo did major him last year in the duel. Yeah. Th- those should be matches. D- mm-hmm. Davion is good enough to go with – Caden Gefeller and and Bulu Allen. You won't be this guy beat Pantaleo uh, on multiple, multiple occasions, right? And I, I don't know, I, I don't know what to make of it. So sorry to bring it back to that, but it's just I don't get it. I don't understand it. But yeah, for for Caden and Cade, that dynamic, it's going to be tough for Caden if he ends up being at forty nine all his time and Boo supplants, which everyone thinks is going to happen. Everyone thinks Boo is better. He's the better option. He beats Caden, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think if Scuffle comes and goes, where is Caden going to get to prove himself if he's the best 41? Let's say Scuffle comes, boos back, he beats out Caden. Where does uh, 
Caden get to you know show, hey, maybe I'm the best 41? Yeah, I don't think he'll get to. No, maybe that's just it, that's just tough luck for Caden Gefeller this year. Yeah. What year yeah. is Boo? I, I mean, that's Boo's what I was going to say too. It's like it ain't going away anytime soon either because it's junior, freshman, junior. I mean, it's, they'll have the same problem next year. Yeah. Yeah. So next year it, it happens again. So I don't know. I thought I don't know. I thought all summer long, like that they should try to bulk up Boo to fifty-seven. But yeah, yeah, maybe they they pull they pull some weight over there. Hey, I'll tell you. I know we went through the bedlam duel, but um, Dakota Gear's activity level was that dude moves. Yeah, he's that really good awesome. on top too. No. Gears, gears, nice. He's a gears of war. Hey, uh, <laughs> is Joe Smith wrestling? I have no idea. We know nothing. He so he was registered for a tournament. I don't know, remember what the tournament is, but he was registered for a tournament at one seventy four. Alons. And yep, it was Alons at uh, seventy nine kilos. kilos. And then did not was not in the registry the next day. Mm. He unregistered. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Oh, so yeah, I have no idea about Joe. Hopefully Reno or Scuffle will get the Joe Smith debut. But So, uh, man, I'll tell you what. Um, I was talking online last night to Nomad and Spay, and Spay, Spay sends a message. He's like, hey, guys, just give you a heads up. I'm not going to be on I'm traveling to Reno. I'm not going to be on who's number one this week. And I'm like, Dang. I was so like wrapped up in Iron Man, I didn't even realize Reno was this week. So it's not. What are we? It's that, not. No, I, was, I thought that was his point that he was going to get to was that it's not this it's week. It's not this week. It's in, it's in like Spay two is weeks. Lying to you. Wow. Then what is he talking about? So where is Spay going? Hmm. Hmm. Wow. He does love Reno like an inordinate amount. So maybe he's just going a week really early. Weird it's really it's weird. It's really weird. It's maybe the worst place we go. What? Well, I, I can see Spay. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so wait. So what's this week? Not the return of Yanni Diakmahalis. Yeah, I'll be there. Well, it says Reno in this document. It does. Well, because I, it says the word Reno. It doesn't mean Reno is now. Just... Oh, it means hey, this week Reno. Is... Oh, this week. <laughs> I did put this week. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's not this week. But he's, we should talk about it. He's watching, rewatching uh, Reno nine one one. Yeah. What I'm saying is I've been wrapped up in high school stuff. Tell me what's big in college this week. Um, You and I. Cornell, you and I, Ryder, Rutgers, Ohio, Iowa State, Virginia, Missouri. Biggest duel is probably Nebraska at NC State. Yeah. That's it. The ones I just wrote off are the ones we have a lot of. Reen and Vins. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. Berger, Hayden. Yeah, we've seen. Hey, um. Missouri, Missouri has who? Virginia? Yeah. Yep. Missouri's lineup looks a lot different this week. Well, they're, you're going to see Ernesty and Smith sit a bunch. They're on the weight, weight cut pitch count thing. So that that will be. But their 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 lineup will be Smith, Ernesty, Ironman, Mahler, JQs, Flynn, Lewis, Wisman, Cooling, Elam. Yeah, Mahler beat. Alt- Ultimately, Mahler beat Butler and Wisman beat Marriott at UNI Open this weekend. So that is eight starters all from the state. Wow, that's pretty incredible. 
I, I said like when they're we did the recruiting thing last year. The, I don't think anyone does a better job with in-state talent than Missouri. Like it's kind of absurd. There's also yeah. not another team, which yes, helps. that absolutely. Well, but to still, even so, like some teams don't have other teams and they get guys from out of state like they have to. But I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm with Nomad. I mean, they're Missouri has positioned themselves. They're perennially top ten and often um, a trophy level team, and they're doing it largely with in-state talent and you know missouri is not mentioned in the same breath as california pa ohio new jersey it's a good point it might kind of be better than california i mean i don't know i guess they have the they have some really good dudes but missouri you just look at some of the high-end talent i don't know man no i mean yeah california kids fall off yeah california california high school students I mean, California high school wrestlers are much better than Missouri high school wrestlers. They just, in college, they don't do anything. It's weird. It's kind of a weird thing. Okay. Questions from friends. We have so many. They're not Willie's friends. Some of them are. No. Shrubbery's my boy. No, he's not. Eric Shrubbery. What? This is a good question. Uh, And Willie's not allowed to answer them because if you didn't know, Willie is dismissive of... Uh, the fan, he calls them fan questions. We call them questions from friends. That just shows you kind of like we're kind of on your level. We're all friends. He's like, oh, my fans are asking me questions. Like I have time for these idiots. Basically a direct quote. <laughs> Eric Bush at Eric underscore shrubbery. I see what you did there. What are the chances we see a 14-15 style punt from Kale and company for the 1920 season? Nolf Nickel points graduating similar to Taylor Ruth. Chances we see red shirts from Hall Joseph, possible Olympic red shirt. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't see I don't see Chinzo pursuing an Olympic red shirt necessarily, and he already used his regular red shirt. Now, if Chinzo had it in his head, I want an Olympic red shirt, I think he could I don't know the exact criteria, but I think he could probably do it and make it happen, right? But I see him I don't think it's that kind of a scenario where so like Nickel, Nolf, Rutherford, those three when they turned the punt year were they um, actually were two of them were true freshmen. Right. Um, Nickel was not Nickel at that point. It was Nick, it, Nickel had lost. I got it. Nickel had lost to Andy McCauley that year. Nolf was not ready to contend for a title. He lost to James Green, even though he beat Brian Robuda, who was, was an NCAA finalist. Um, so what I'm saying is. They sat guys who were not yet that established. Now they did sit Nico and Zane, who were super established. You could say there's that is comparable yeah. uh, to sitting Hall and Joseph. But I think they can win next year. Maybe they didn't think. I think they could have won that year. That prompted. That's what prompted the entire "you got a plan" thing. Is because I thought the best team at NCAA's was taking the year off, right, with Penn State. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, right? The year that you asked Kelly the question and he said that you got a plan thing, I thought that they could have made a run for it, right? They, they could have if they opted to do that. Now, it would have... It would have... One thing was that it would have been touch and go, and a lot of those guys... They were all young. A lot of those guys were young. Number two is that 
they wouldn't have won the title last year because Zane would have been gone. So it's half a dozen. Yeah. You know. I was gonna say I was gonna say that's true, but it's not necessarily true because theoretically Zane could have registered right. the next year. But at yeah. some point they're not yeah. in the lineup in those next four or five years, and right. it hurts them. So yeah, um, now, you're, you're exactly right. When I saw this question from Shrubbery, uh, I, I thought it was a good question too. Not necessarily because I thought next year was a good year because I, I don't think it's a good year. I think I think they have the pieces in place that they win. Um, but I thought it was a good question in the sense that is there going to become another year, another point in time somewhere soon that it is the punt year for Penn state. I wonder, um, but here's another thing, a reason that maybe evidence for why they could, because kids, freshmen don't come to Penn state. Now they gray shirt. They're just not there. So they're not. There. So these guys could come in Neville's Brooks beard, they could come in and Joe they Lee. could all redshirt Joe Lee. So they could have they could sit those four guys plus Hall and Joseph and then roll them all out the next year if they wanted to. Um, I don't know what the. But see, that's the thing. The the great so like the, the punt the punt was like I don't know almost unprecedented as far as I know. Um, but because of the gray shirts, they actually have it lined. They have it lined up so good like. They're basically set at seven weights through 2023 right now. But with after like that, really good guys. So I just in the next five years, I don't <laughs> see a punt uh making sense. Like you gray shirt Joe Lee so that he can redshirt next year so that Chenzo can be gone and he will take over sixty-five. Um gray shirting Brooks is I guess a little I guess they thought he was gonna be seventy four, but now it looks like he's gonna be 84, um, and then redshirt Staraki. He takes over for Hall. Um, the gray shirting of Beard doesn't didn't make sense because Nichols gone. But yeah, I just I don't know. I don't see a punt. I think I think they're good enough to win next year. I think it lines up well with what they're trying to do. Um, now, if those guys want to take Olympic redshirts, then that's what's going to happen. You're, if but. you're looking at a year where Penn State's going to have the hardest time winning I, uh, in the future, it. Might be next year, mm-hmm. all the um, but but is it if if Hall and Joseph are back? I don't know. Is that too strong of a nucleus? Um, oh yeah, I still yes, I still pick them. That's in too strong. Yeah, so maybe maybe now we're just talking two years down the road when those guys are gone, and then yeah, I think that's the that's the window, and then that's just assuming that other teams are doing really well, which may not be true. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't. Mark Hall could have taken an Olympic shirt and, or, well, no. I think it's a, an extremely interesting topic. Um, I'm, I'm also kind of sort of fascinated with, uh, extremely intrigued with who's going to do what for the Olympic cycle, the Olympic year. Yeah. Well, they need to come I out. I mean, with, not just at Penn State, uh, everywhere. Right. They need to come out with that like criteria soon because it often has a lot to do with. Like it has to come out before NCAA's. Did you should find the sick 2016 criteria if you can, or say it if you know it. I because I'd be curious. I bet I can find it within the Are time you, we answer the next. I'll question. talk about other bet. things. Bet. All right. Because the the Olympic right, the kids are going to take Olympic years next year. Mm-hmm. They're not, Correct. Right. So next year is soon. You're right. Okay. Very simply. They had to meet one criteria of these four. Past national team member. 
which does not apply to anyone currently in college. Well, Top yeah, sure it does. Certainly Dayton Fix. No, like senior world team member. National team member national means top team three. Member. Oh, national. Yes, national team. Oh, yes. Then Dayton Fix can take one. Uh, top eight at the 2015 senior world team trials. So we would assume roll no, that it, over to 2019. No, it's still 2015. Uh, top three at the 2015 NCAA Wrestling Championships or NCAA champion from previous year and top two from 2015 University Nationals. So, Dang. So there's a lot of ways to get an Olympic. So if you did, if you were an NCAA champ and you made the U23 finals. So Chenzo's, so Chenzo and Halls meet. Now, those criteria. Now here's here's did, where it gets a lot RBY of people. Did RBY the final, or was he third? What what'd you say, buddy? RBY was what third, fourth? At what? what universities. Oh, I don't recall. He was runner up, he was but second. he would he would have he would have to also win into the blaze this year for that one. If they just rolled this out the same way. Now this this one is a lot of people. Previous junior or university world medalist. So Gable Dayton Zach Spencer, Elam. <laughs> Ryan Deacon, Zach Elam. Makai Lewis. Makai Lewis. Yeah. So that. What if Makai Lewis was able to take an Olympic red shirt and Vincenzo Joseph couldn't? Matt Ramos. Chinzo, Matt <laughs> Jared for Clinton. No, those are cadets. Um, okay, so there's a lot of ways to do it. Th for the guys we're speaking of, there's a lot of. But again, that was the previous regime, right? So that was Coach Burnett made these. Will Coach Zadek do it the same way? Who knows? Is it real? Okay. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to... The Why is stalling a warning the first penalty for a first penalty point, but... Er, sorry. This is worded strangely. Um, okay. Why is stalling a warning first, then penalty point, but hands to the face, another subjective rule, is an automatic penalty point? That's kind of my whole thing with it. Mm -hmm. That's why I hate it so much, mm -hmm. is because... All right, I'm over here. Um... So often, like, when you think about what in reality getting a stall point requires, like how much action and activity and how much merit is behind you earning one stall point, it's a lot. And the merit in getting your face touched between here and here, there is zero. I could get my face touched in that way and get a point. So there's no skill involved. I think there should be a warning or something like that. I think there should be. Or massive discretion applied. Because the current application, it, it makes no sense in terms of what we're trying to actually reward. Um, everyone went wild when I posted the, the Balsic Schultz clip because it was just the most um, gentle touch. If, they, if he even made contact... If it was even below the eyebrow, I think this is a great question uh, and something I've I've thought. Now it's a completely different thing, right? Um, you know, they're saying this is like on sportsman, like or whatever. I forget how they're actually wording it, but still, it's in terms of merit. I, I can't get with it. I reached out to uh, Chuck Barbie, waiting to hear back if he'd be willing to come on the show and discuss. Because um, yeah, I'm still fired up about it. What what even is it? Like what like what mm. Balsack did to Schultz? Mm -hmm. Was it Schultz? What is the harm there? I mean, what what are they trying to prevent? Who is there? Please point to Ann. because if it's about safety, I want one injury. Is, is there one? Has anyone been injured by? By hands to the face, it's annoying. It's maybe on sportsman. Like, if you're in the eyes, that's really bad. Um, but if you're doing a distance check or a just a tap the head for a fake, <laughs> come on. I, like, 
the, I find it just incredulous that that referee. I, I don't care. I don't care that I'm calling a referee out. The referee that made that call and reviewed that is, it. That is terrible judgment. Yes. To think that that should require a penalty. Yeah, it's bad. Unbelievable. Yeah, they need to skew one way, but there's they're skewing. It's there's no skewing. It's just 100 percent this way. There's no gray, at least as far as I've seen. It's just 100. percent They're calling it, and it's really, 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 really bad. And please change it. Signed, everyone. All right. We already talked about that. We already talked about Ryan Anderson. If NATO goes, um, NATO's going 133 for Midlands. So we have to change the unit of measure. Um, yeah, because everything mm-hmm. for a couple months there. Everything that Kyle Snyder lifted was in measurements of NATOs, how many mm-hmm. NATOs it was. Um, so, yeah, now it's tougher at 133. But we could still say maybe he's a 57 for international. So I still think the technical unit of measurement is 125 pounds for Nathan yeah. Tomasello. I think he's eternally at 125, and we just need to get with it. Um, so there's that. But he didn't think he was for a while. No. Well, just one year. But I'm excited that he's going to be at 33. Uh, potential DeSanto, Tomasello. Uh, oh, baby. Yeah. So I um, – Seth Grossback? He said December. He was shooting for December. Do they go to Midlands? Yes. Stop. Yes. <gasps> he won last year. Yeah, I know that, but that don't mean they go every year. Sometimes schedules change. Let me so I didn't get – I just heard the news. I didn't read too much about it. I didn't listen to anything about it. What, um, it's awesome that he's going. Awesome, but but why? Okay, so Matt, here's my thing. I, I think it's smart. I think it's actually smart because he, he missed – he wasn't able to compete internationally, torn ACL, et cetera. Yep. And the notion that you need to get some match – he's going to get more quality matches at Midlands than he would at an international tournament. And I know it's not freestyle. It's folk style. But he's going to get – his hands on a lot of tough dudes, wrestle some matches. If the idea is just to get on the mat and wrestle and compete instead of going to Ukraine, wrestling probably another American, um, maybe lose and then not get pulled into repishage, is kind of a waste of a week-long trip to Eastern Europe. So I, I think it's a great idea when they do this. You're going to get a lot of matches. You're going to get to test out your timing. That, that's really what it's all about. So I think I think it makes a ton of sense for him to enter, enter Midlands. And like... I don't know. Don't do top and bottom, right? Or do top and bottom. Yeah, well, whatever. But don't tell him how to wrestle. Yeah, he's, he's going can, to win. I don't know. I'm fired up about it. The higher RTC messaged me like, "Hey, Dana's back from Midlands," and I just immediately freaked out because I don't know. It's just great. It's, it's good yeah. I want NATO more posts. Good to have good wrestlers back in our lives, right? NATO, anybody that hasn't has been off the mat for a while. Okay. Um... Next question. We're, we we got to go here soon. Nine fourteen a.m. Um, does Kimmer's struggle to compete essentially two classes up make you wonder how Kimmer would have actually fared if he were to wrestle this season? No, not at all. Because he Kimmer shot. is voluntarily going up two weights because he was way too big for fifty-seven towards the end there, which was maybe part of some of his quote-unquote struggles. Even though he was fourth, um, he's been really good. Um, uh, whereas Keyshawn is. A 41 who had to go 49, but can't make 40 or can't beat Mike at 49, so he has to go 57. So no. And also, what exactly are Keyshawn's struggles? I think he's been pretty solid this year, right? I mean, he 
He was okay at Vegas. I can't remember who all. I thought he got third at Vegas. I uh, I think Berger beat him for third. Okay. But that's a. I forget who he lost to topside. Uh, he lost Barone. one bad match. Oh, Barone. Yeah, that was kind of. Yeah, that's not a good one. Uh, okay. Somewhat struggle, but I think he's doing okay. I would not. I would not classify it as struggling as a as of yet for Kimmer and or for Keyshawn. I think he would do. I think he would do well. Is Ironman the best high school regular season folk style tournament in the nation? Bar none. There's, there's no second place. Well, there is, but it's in first. Evan Wick had five minutes, over five minutes of riding time. Only one stall call was given with 20, 30 seconds left in the third. How would Johnny Quickstall have officiated this match? I don't even know if you can DQ guys for stalling anymore because that rule's changed so many times I just forget because you never really see it applied. But Johnny Quickstall would have had him out of the building. He would have been ejected. Was Evan Wick stalling? He's talking about the guy underneath the there. Oh, guy, guy underneath. Okay. Sheesh. I was like, that's why I was confused by this question. I'm like, what? I, I'm what I was confused too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, John, Johnny Quickstall would have would have hit him a hundred times. He'd have been out of there. But yeah, that's that's a great great point about the how stalling is called. The classic obligatory last thirty seconds has no impact on the match stall call. It's like thanks thanks for nothing. Uh, any other questions before we go? There's some other good ones in here. Um, season we're over today. Who takes the Hodge Trophy? This is so tough to answer. Yeah, I, I didn't want to answer this because a lot of it depends on NCAAs. That's the FRL Inquisitor. As you recall, we skew towards asking questions towards people who make Twitter accounts solely to ask FRL questions. Very important to us. Um, don't <laughs> nod, Willie. Willie's well, nodding like he like he likes this. Hey, there was one. From this our, is the worst part of his day. Every single FRL. There was one from our dear friend, um, young Mister Herring, that I wanted to answer that I didn't see in here. Sam Herring, big shout. And I have I have the answers ready. Uh, so he asked something to the effect of which two which two guys currently in high school will have the next like great NCAA finals match or rivalry. And what I came up with possibilities are Robbie Howard versus Trevor Master Giovanni. Dustin Plott versus Alex Facundo, and Colton Schultz versus Daniel Kirkfleet as my options. Mm. Well, here's the thing with it's Gable, right? Yeah, but Gable won't be there forever. They got they got an extra year. True. I guess if they redshirt, so maybe only two year yeah. overlap with with Gable. I like the um, Facundo Plot one. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is juicy. Now I don't know how. The, the thing that'll derail that is not their abilities. Like, will their weights align? I think How, they will. I think Facundo's going to get a lot bigger. I think right. everyone thinks that. But I think Plot is going to get a lot bigger, too. Like, if he if Plot wound up at, right. like, 84, 97. Plot's tall. Yeah. So who knows? Okay, good stuff. I'm surprised you didn't put that one in. Um, yeah. Sorry, Sam. He's the man. Hey, we're ready to go uh, to our friends in the control room, command center. We are ready to go. Feel free to play the outro music. Thank you to, to ASICS for your support of Flow Wrestling hey. Lady of Life. What, Willie? Sam Herring just wrestled on Buxton's team at Backdoor. He was, but, and I asked him how he did. He went 8 8 0 with the flu. Atta boy. See? Yes. Sam wrestles with That's the flu. Why he's the official yeah. he's the middle school wrestler <laughs> of Flow Wrestling he is, he, he is the official. That's right. He is our official wrestler. He's official. Middle school wrestler of Flow Wrestling, not just the radio show, yep. just the overarching yeah, is, thing. Crown him. That's a fact. We need to get, hey, we need to get him to who's number one, Willie. You need to set up a special VIP package for him. All right. Because he's probably going to wrestle in it one day. Is Everyone, Ryan Anderson the official high school wrestler of Flow Wrestling Radio Live? 
I think so. I think so because he's the official high school wrestler. Me. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with it. You know what? He's an original. I think we're originals here for the most part. Daniel Daniel Lobdell's an original. Me and me and uh, Anderson are both gonna go to Purdue wrestle freestyle, so we can on, be on Boiler Elite. <laughs> <laughs> both of y'all got some boilers. Okay, I hear the music. It's time to go. Happy Monday. I don't know if we're gonna have the show again this week. I'm flying to Virginia Thursday for my. Hermano's graduation. So I'm not sure what's going to happen Thursday. Stay tuned on that. Thanks so much. We will see you again. That's a promise. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 